Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, September 6, 2017. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 93, and we will be reading the second paragraph and commenting on it. Today's readers are... 12 Steps, Patricia M.S., 12 Traditions, Alexis H., and the first reader of the text is Leslie M., and the second reader is Stacy C. Reference numbers, yesterday's 7 a.m. meeting, share ID 10,391-10391, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 10,393. One zero three nine three. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Patricia M.S. to read the 12 steps of OA. Patricia, star one. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. This is Patricia M.S. from Alabama. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. 
And I will now ask Alexis H. to read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning. My name is Alexis H. I'm a compulsive overeater. Am I coming through clearly? Yes, thank you. All right, these are the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Alexis. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. <clears throat> Excuse me. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the person speaking, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book, and we are on page 93, paragraph 2, and we will be reading that that one paragraph alone and commenting on it. And I will now ask Leslie M. if she would start us with reading the book. Good morning, Maura. This is Leslie M., um, a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York, and I just wanted to thank you for your service. Um, your prospect may belong to a religious denomination, his religious education and training may be far superior to yours. In that case, he's going to wonder how you can add anything to what he already knows. But he will be curious to learn why his own convictions have not worked and why yours seem to work so well. 
He made the example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient. To be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. Let him see that you are not there to instruct him in religion. Admit that he probably knows more about it than you do, but call to his attention the fact that however deep his faith and knowledge, he could not have applied it or he would not drink. Perhaps your story will help him see where he has failed to practice the very precepts he knows so well. We represent no particular faith or denomination. We are dealing only with general principles common to most denominations. Um, once again, I'm Leslie M., a recovered compulsive reader from Long Island. Um, yeah, I find that um, my religious upbringing um, was um, probably, well, it w- I was going to say it was a detriment to me. I, I don't really know that for I think I had to go through what I had to go through. But, um, you know, I didn't learn a lot um, about my religion. Um, I shut myself down from that very early. But the thing that, that speaks to me here, uh, but he will be curious to learn why his own convic- convictions have not worked and why yours seem to work so well. And also to be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish construction, constructive action. Um, and, and once again, for me, this brings up the fact that I just need to share my experience, strength, and hope. I need to tell um, the prospect, you know, what, what worked for me, you know, what my life was like before, and now we're starting to talk about the spiritual solution. And, um, you know, perhaps your story will help him to see where he's failed to practice the very precepts he knows so well. And the thing that I know that has really gotten me to this point is the um, action, action, action. Um, you know, it has, my faith has to be vital. It has to be working all the time. And I have to... Um, you know, take that pause and consult with God and say, okay, what's the next right thing? What am I doing now? And without that, um, you know, my life can become very unmanageable again, you know, unless, unless I'm dealing with my higher power, my God, um, you know, my will comes in and I'm, I'm off to the races again. And, and that kind of thing is not, you know, it's not what works for me and it's not what, um, uh, other people see um, when they look at me and see that I'm recovered. Um, and um, and the other part, it says here, we are dealing only with general principles common to most denominations. And the other thing I hear in this paragraph, you know, is that we're, I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. I'm here to share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, you know, and it, it, it also reminds me of, you know, we have ceased fighting anything or anyone. I don't have to prove that I'm right. Um, you know, and other people can certainly have their own conception and be dealing with their own higher power. Um, and I and I know that that is one of the reasons why this this program works so well. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. Okay, so now, who would like to share on what was read today? And please, um, give me your name. Charles only- H. Larry. Rita P. Larry. Sasa O. Or Riva. Sasa O. Was that Riva or or Rita? Charles H., did you get me? It was Riva P. Riva P. 
I have Charles H., Larry K., Reva P., and Vasa O. Anyone else? Okay, let's get started with those four. Charles, would you start us off this morning? Very much for your service. Charles H., a recovered composer overeater. Um, so much uh, beautiful information in this paragraph. Um, to be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. Um, yeah, I, I got a phone call from a, a, a young lady from Alabama, and she was like, she got my number from somewhere, and she was like, she doesn't have any literature. And I, and I said, as soon as the, the uh, post office opens up on Tuesday, I will get you some literature. And that was the only thing that was on my mind. Like the whole day yesterday, yeah, I worked and I did all of that and this and that. That was the the main thing on my mind. I'm not saying this to brag because I'm a selfish person by nature. But these 12 steps, this this this, this Oxford group um, principle of pure unselfishness, I said, man, I could probably help right there. You know, just to be helpful. Yesterday, another person called and said, man, you know, I need a ride to get. I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm trusting God for the increase, and I pray. I don't know what else to do but to pray for you, and I trust it by faith, right? And that's unselfishness. And I want to say this, and it's going to sound crazy. You know I'm crazy. You know, you already know Charles. He's crazy. I'm going to say this, that my a sponsor is my sponsor. They teach me so much, and for real, I know it sounds like cliche. It sounds, it sounds corny. It sounds, man, that sound. You sound re- redundant. You sound stupid. You sound ridiculous. But that sponsee is really my sponsor. That sponsee teaches me so much, and it is such an honor and a pleasure. Not from no spiritual high top. Without that sponsee, without that protege, without that person that freshes that greenness, that 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 sickness, being in that, what's up, bro, being in that disease mode right at that moment, that sponsee is teaching me so much. And I'd like to, in closing, I'd like to take your attention to the, the forward to the second edition when Bill W., after, you know, he was helped by uh, Ebby and, and, and Dr. Silkworth, he, said that he stated this. He suddenly realized that in order to save himself, here's one of the first musts. He must carry his message to another alcoholic. That alcoholic turned out to be the Akron physician. We know that's Dr. Bob already. And that is unselfishness, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Reva P. Thanks so much. Good morning. Let me set my timer here. Okay. Uh, Larry K., recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Yeah, I want to tell you about someone I... I uh, I knew this this guy is amazing. Um, he uh, he was very he was a religious person, very um, spiritual, very peaceful, and um, and you know this guy. Uh, I really wanted to emulate what he because I I the truth is I don't know a lot about religion. You know I, I've learned a, a bit more about spirituality through this program, but I'm. You know, I'm not someone steeped in religion, and this this guy really was, and he um, 
he just had a tremendous knowledge about that, and it was it's really helpful to me. You know, if I tell you about this guy, uh, everyone liked him. He's very friendly and, you know, just a, a beautiful human being. Tell you something else about this guy. He's dead. And he's never coming back. And it may sound jarring, but it's true. He, uh, we, we spoke, I remember one time about the 12 steps. He had asked, he saw that there were some changes in my life. And he noticed, uh, he noticed the physical changes. That's the first thing people notice. But he also noticed some of the other changes. And, you know, we, we talk, spoke for a while. And he knew more than religion, more about religion, about his particular religion than I ever would know. You know, but now he, he, he wasn't accepting of the 12th. He, he told me, he said, wow, that's great, Larry. He said, you know, I, it just doesn't work for me. I... You know, I tried it, and it just, it, and you know, and, and I had to leave him alone. I wasn't there to persuade him or convince him. Now, he, he did die of his disease, absolutely unequivocally. It's not a judgment. It's just factual. It's what killed him. So I, in these paragraphs, I always think when I read these, I think about, about this gentleman because he was such a, a beautiful human being, and he's no longer with us. This disease plays no favorites. And uh, it's sad. It's truly sad, but it can work for anyone, regardless of what background you come from. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Reva P., it is your turn, followed by Vasa O. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. When I first came into this program and heard the word God, I thought it was a religious program, but I learned soon on that there's a huge difference between religion and spirituality. Um, And I'm so grateful this is not a religion. It's a a spiritual program. And another thing that I heard on this um, meeting that was so helpful was that prayer without action is just begging. And what's the action that I have to take? Um, Because for me, all this action, you know, I've seen very religious people in and out of these rooms of all different faiths. And that was not the factor um, that helped them recover. Um, It's about action. And what is the constructive action? It's about, first of all, recognizing that I don't have power and that the solution is accessing a power. And in order to access that power that can relieve me of this terrible um, compulsion, I need to do the step work so that I remove the blocks between myself and that power, and then I access the power that does for me what I could never do for myself. Um, And I've seen so many people who know a lot, not only about religion, because I had a great religious education. That didn't help me with this disease. Um, I wasn't accessing power at all. I didn't have the tools to um, remove blocks. Um, So the... The, I've seen people who know so much more about not only religion, but they know so much more about the big book. They know so much more about the ins and outs of the 12 steps. But without the action of doing the steps, they don't recover. So um, if I want a vital existence, which is if I want my life um, and a new existence, I need to do the work. So sitting in a room and praying 
only doing, you know, step, I hear people who do like, uh, I think it's step, they think it's step three, you know, praying and praying and praying. Like I can't access that power if I'm full of gook blocked by resentments and fear and all kinds of things. Um, so I'm so grateful for the reminder um, that it's about doing it as opposed to um, sitting and thinking and praying. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Vasa O, it is your turn. Thank you, Maura, for your service, and good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I was so relieved uh, that uh, this to hear that this was a spiritual program, not a religious pro, not a religious. And just to set everything aside, I knew about God, about religion, and just to sit and listen. Because whatever I had up to that point, it didn't work, you know. And uh, what I, the most important that I think that I heard was uh, I needed to take the action, you know, the way the, the steps are laid out, and, and faith without the works. It doesn't work, you know, and I've seen, you know, I mean, I prayed to God. I just, you know, I never thought about praying to God to remove my compulse, my, um, my addiction away. I never thought God would do such thing for me. But when I came to uh, Overeaters Anonymous, I learned that that's the only way would help if I surrendered. And I thought that was such a weakness to surrender. Well, my sponsor said to surrender is to gain. And I was ready and willing to surrender. So I did the first three steps anyways. I was ready and willing and to work the way the big book uh, is laid out, um, the instructions. And I know people that come from, a rel- from religious homes. And I remember one woman said she was uh, discouraged from her religion, not to go to a 12-step program, you know. That would have been a sin. And I knew another person that read the Bible, that came in OA, you know, and I, you know, here and there, but she was struggling with food addiction and alcoholism, and she read the Bible every morning. She was not willing to give up her food addiction, her food and her drinking. And I knew another person that she was like a pastor, you know, and she knew all the scriptures, and I didn't know any of them, you know. And I'm much more involved into church now, but my program is number one. This is my church that I go every day. And I know people go to church every day and are struggling, and they're struggling with things. But they're not ready. They don't understand. And I, I mean, even a priest, you know, he's I struggle with food. Well, one of my friends and I went up to him, and he just laughed when we told him what we were doing. But, you know, I just pray for people, and I'm just so grateful that I found a solution. And I, I do the best that I can, you know, uh, to hang what I'm doing, because this is the only thing that has worked for me. I would I would be dead today if I'm not doing what I'm doing. And this is what I do. I just pass it on, and I don't preach. I don't evangelize to everybody. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And who else would like to share? One to me. me. You're just joining us. Okay. Okay. Vasa R. 
I heard Matt M. Lisa M. B. Lisa B. Janice M. Janice M. Nessa R. Barbara B. Barbara D. I heard somebody E. I heard somebody before Barbara D. Nessa R. Okay, this is who I have. <laughs> okay. I have Matt M, Nessa R, Lisa B, Janice M, Craig F, and Barbara D. Let's go with that lineup. Um, Matt M, you're up. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, clearly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service, Barbara. And we can hear you clearly, too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm very grateful I'm in this program. This is Madam Compulsive Reader for Jersey. You know, saved my life. And if I wasn't remember like having my God, my God with skin on, come and tell me about this program years and years ago, and back in 2007, I never would be here. I'd probably be dead today because I was working my way up to 700 pounds, and I was miserable, had no life whatsoever, and was working my way to a slow, painful death with the food. And uh, just today, I'm 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 working my way towards a healthy body weight. I'm working with a sponsor and working through a book and. Um, it's not an easy process. I struggle with the food on a daily basis, but I'm trying to do the best I can with what I've been given. And not having a kitchen to work with, it's difficult. But um, right now, I'm doing the best I can. I have a sponsor, and like I said, I'm, I'm listening to the meeting every day. I'm learning to hear what everybody else is saying and about this process and uh, taking it one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Nessa R., it is your turn, followed by Lisa B. Hi, thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, to be vital, faith has to be accompanied by self-sacrifice. So to be vital to life giving, uh, my work in the 12 steps um, has to involve giving of myself, but not just giving of myself when when it's comfortable or convenient, giving of myself with self-sacrifice. And that means a lot of things. It means that, I, number one, that I need to sponsor people. Um, and I need to sponsor people as many as I, as many as I can handle, um, you know, within my schedule and my, and my constraints. You know, for some people that means one and some two and some seven. You know, whatever it is, I, I, I have to do it. And I, I've, I've had a few sponsees who have successfully worked steps one to, to 11. And then when it came to sponsoring, um, it was things like, well, I don't have time now. My job is too demanding or, you know, I'm planning a wedding, so I'll do it after the wedding. I'll do it later, you know. Uh, and, of course, later never comes. And then for some people, it's the false pride um, reasoning of what if I don't do a good job? I don't know how to sponsor you know, I don't know what to do. Um, and, you know, inevitably, they, um, they went back into the food. I mean, this is, this is factual. They went back into the food because their step work wasn't vital, wasn't life-giving until they gave up themselves, which they didn't. And in addition to sponsoring, it also means, you know, picking up the phone proactively to call people who are struggling, to call newcomers. Uh, it means... Um, um, answering the phone when program calls come in uh, or returning phone calls uh, when we cannot answer the phone in the first place. 
Um, and to do that consistently um, and always, even though it may not be convenient. You know, it says there, self-sacrifice. And self-sacrifice means even when I don't want to, even when um, it is not the best moment, you know, we need to work it into our lives because, you know, <laughs> let's face it, my life depends on this. And, you know, as it says in page uh, 89, nothing really gives us immunity as working with another alcoholic. It doesn't have to be on a sponsor-sponsor relationship. It may be just like really taking outreach calls, making outreach calls um, always. Like we really have to be working um, step 12 um, hard, very, very hard, almost almost uh, harder than all the other steps because this is, this is very crucial. And, you know, this, this phrase, self-sacrifice, is really stuck in my head because this is really where it's at. If it hadn't been for the self-sacrifice of my sponsor and all those before me, um, I don't know where I'd be right now. And so now it's my turn to do the same. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nessa R. Lisa B., it's your turn, followed by Janice M., Good morning, Lisa B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you for your service. Um, you know, I had to be beaten into a state of reasonableness um, for me to even consider this uh, surrendering to this 12-step program and really what the 12 steps mean. And when I came in the rooms and I started, well, I looked at the steps on the wall and I saw that God was mentioned in there. I felt like, oh, I know about God. You know, I have a spirituality already. I've always had a spirituality, so I thought. But it wasn't sufficient enough, you know, to get me recovered and keep me recovered. Um, I could stop at moments, but I could never stay stopped. And I found that I was prejudiced, and I needed to be willing to set aside that prejudice. And, you know, it talks about in We Agnostics that... um, it says that sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. And the thing is, a sick mind can't heal a sick mind, and I don't know how sick I am. I don't, because it's just my mind telling me, and I'm in, in my own mind. And it wasn't until I started working with my recovered sponsor um, that I met through this line and going through the work that I started to see I, I have walls and barriers up. And... Um, I needed to find a way to try and like let an opening opening come in and it talks about, you know, just being willing to be willing to believe. And I was amazed because I had been around the rooms for so long that I had, I was really, really shut down. I didn't know how prejudiced and shut down I was. So I think just like what I've heard shared is taking the action, doing the action steps And um, I found a prayer um, that's based in We Agnostics called the Set-Aside Prayer that I love. It really helped me a lot. But um, I've heard shared on this line, willingness is overrated, that it's the action. It's the action that's going to bring the effect that I desperately need from these 12 steps. And uh, that's what I wanted to share. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Janice M., it's your turn, followed by Craig F. And thank you, Mara Z, for your service. Um, my name is Janice M, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, uh, you know, when I first came in, you know, and I went through the step, I mean, I read the steps, and I came to step two, and I said, oh, um, in step three, I said, oh, I'm all set. You know, the holier than out, the superior attitude. Oh, I have a God in my life. I know what to do. 
But let me tell you what I was doing uh, in the past. I was, uh, you know, going to church. I was even teaching religion in my religion. But I wasn't living. <laughs> I wasn't living like the standards and the precepts and the principles of this program and of the 12 steps. I was doing everything opposite. You know, they talk about the principles of each step. Well, yeah, there is a principle label for each step, but, you know, and I don't want to go through with them, but I mean, most of us know what they are, like honesty and faith. But, you know, I can see just five basic principles of all the steps. And, you know, every denomination of religion, they all have this. And it's humility, 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 humility. And for me, I wasn't humble. I was superior to everybody. I thought I knew everything, you know. Um, so I wasn't practicing. I wasn't living these principles. I was running the show. I was so deceiving of myself. I was so dishonest. I was the greatest liar in the world, especially with my disease. I deceived myself. And so how can you be honest? If the absence of, uh, you know, the, the deceiving, the deception with my um, effort to, to resolve my problem. Um, of course, I didn't have any hope because I was always running the show. And of course, you know, if I'm running the show, it didn't work very well. I, I, was, de I was desperate. So, you know, these, these set of principles for me, um, you know, it, all of them, all of them takes honesty. All of them takes absence of fear. And I wasn't living like this. I was afraid. I was dishonest. And yes, I, it, it all takes willingness. I don't care what anybody says. If I'm not willing to do it and do the action, this is what it's all about. I may know it in my head, but I have to do this action. It takes action more than the faith. And I had supposedly had faith. And I was very close-minded. So, you know, there's another principle there of open-mindedness. I didn't want, I was such a close-minded person that my opinion was my opinion and I was right and I was justified. And of course it takes courage. So it's all about assessing ourselves too. And these are the practices as we implement these steps, how to live. I don't care what religion you have. You can know all about the religion and the books and the Bible or whatever. But if I don't live it, I'm not practicing this program. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Candice M. Craig F., it's your turn, followed by Barbara D. This is Craig. Can you hear me? I can. Can you speak up just a little bit louder, though? I'll try. This is Craig. Great. You recovered, recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you. Um, this last, this today's reading and, and then the readings we've been doing, um, of course, are about how to approach a prospect. But one of the things that I see in both those readings is that uh, we're kind of being encouraged to bring our humility with us to do that. That, uh, you know, we were told that, um, yesterday that you know, we need to identify and allow the prospect to identify. We tell them a little bit of our history, and then we let them uh, tell us a little bit about their history. Uh, and uh, the idea of that, and, and I, I think it's important when you do that, that we don't embellish or try to make it, you know, my, my tendency is to embellish my stories a little bit to get a laugh, which is, uh, you know, it's that's my ego. And uh, But just to tell my story, plain and simple, this is how it was. 
and let them do the same thing. And today, uh, we're being encouraged to admit that the prospect may know more about religion than we do. But well, I'm also reminded of back in the uh, in the step in, in how it works. It says this is the way to faith that works. And you know, I had faith, uh, I but my faith worked in some areas of my life, but it didn't work with this disease. And um, it needed a fine-tuning at the very least. Um, uh, And, you know, so the idea is, I think, uh, the idea that I'm taking from this is that uh, we we have to admit that that we don't have the answers for all of life. We're not a life coach. We're not, we're not, we're not um, the, uh, the, the answer to everybody's problems. What we have is the ability we, we, Kim G shared that story about you know falling in a hole and a and a, and a sponsor or a, 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 another person in in the program jumps in the hole and says I've been in this hole and here's the way out and they shine the light on the steps and say this is the way out and that that's what we have to offer we we've been in the hole and we know the way out and because we tra- we we tried to get out different ways most of us and we didn't get out and then we somebody shined a light on the steps and said here's the way out and and, and that's what we have to offer and we have to offer it humbly and uh, so with that I'll pass thanks thank you Craig Barbara D it is your turn thank you this is Barbara B I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts Uh, Looking at perhaps your story will help him see where he has failed to practice the very precepts he knows so well. Well, this is my story because I came to this program uh, from a great deal of religious education, uh, theology one, theology two, and a lot of training, but it didn't help me with the practicing of compulsive overeating. I went to service and I left and I ate, even though I prayed, God, please let me not eat today. And that was from a very uh, young age that I continued to do that. So it was a lot of prayer, but I didn't have that winning combination of prayer and action, the action specifically in a 12-step way of life. And the 12-step experience took me out of my head it says, you know, you, he may know, and I did know. I knew a lot of the principles, but I was just crippled by this disease and by my own, you know, problems that I didn't know how to do anything about. And I can remember uh, a cousin very perceptively gave me a card once, and I've come across this saying in the literature since then, program literature, pray but row the boat ashore. Well, I had to have, for me, the 12 steps to learn how to row the boat. I didn't even know how to put my hands on the oars. I was all theory. So I know that well. That's my story. So if I see it and hear it in another, I don't have to preach. I don't have to give examples. I just have to tell my story and see if they see themselves in there because they see a recovered person now. So um, I thank God for that, for the grace and for the community and for the work of the 12 steps that accomplishes that on a daily basis. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara D. And if you've joined us late, 
We're on page 93. We're reading the second paragraph and commenting on it. So who would like to share on this paragraph? Barbara E. Barbara E. Melissa C. Melissa C. Penny C. Penny C. Leslie W. Leslie W. Did I hear a Marge or a Margaret? Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Well, let's go with these four. I've got Barbara E., Melissa C., Penny C., and Leslie W. Barbara E., would you get us started, please? I would love to follow Barbara D. That's great. We're moving up or down the alphabet. I'm going to piggyback on that boat, that rowboat. I was tired when I came to OA of being the person who was rowing the boat to shore. That's why I failed at so many other programs. I wanted to row the boat to shore. I don't want to do that anymore. Passenger on the boat to shore, reaching out my hands to others who were swimming to the boat, absolutely. Working with other people on a daily basis, being allowed to ask other people for help on a daily basis. That's why this program works for me. And that's what I try to explain to anyone who approaches me. I don't approach them. If I'm next to them and I hear them saying something about working a program, I will casually interject if I know them. Ah, and I'm working a program too. It's so hard, but it's so worth it. And try to explain it. If it comes down to, oh, I hear this is a religious thing. You pray to God. You have to believe in a certain religion. You have to get down on your knees. Then I go into it and explain. It's a spiritual program, not a religious program. It doesn't matter whether you're Muslim, Jewish, Catholic, a different Christianity, Vulcan. It makes no difference as long as you believe in a power greater than yourself and work with your fellow compulsive readers. The principles, as was said eloquently before me, are so important. Honesty, willingness, courage, love, outreach, working with others, that's what's helped me on a daily basis. And I'm so glad to be here with all of my fellow people in the boat. Thank you. Have a good Wednesday. If it's raining where you are, dance between the raindrops. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Penny C. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, what grabbed me this morning was the the self-sacrifice because um, I I was always um, under the impression that I was going to get control of this thing um, by making sure that I put myself first and foremost, and that was such backwards thinking, you know, and it was, um, it was encouraged and supported, um, you know, by, by lots of messages that I got, like, Melissa, you got to put yourself first, you got to take care of yourself, you've got to, 
And that might be true for one small piece, perhaps where the food is concerned. Perhaps like, yeah, I got to make sure I have my food. Okay. But now I got to turn the page really quick and I've got to keep my mind on other people. And, um, you know, the religion part scared me. Like I had, I had prejudice, I had preconceived notions and I was so grateful to find out spiritual and, um, and the definition of spiritual, um, you know, is trusting in something bigger than yourself, cleaning house, you know, like straightening up my my wrongs, and helping others. And the great spiritual, you know, awakening, transformation um, experience is is in self sacrifice, is in working with others, and sometimes it's inconvenient, and that's what sacrifice means and you know I I used to do things with like a martyr like thinking like I'm a martyr you know like I was and and if you think about a martyr a martyr dies for other people well this isn't martyring this is so that I can live um and and I used to do things in in looking for the return whether it was the praise or you know I would get accolades or I would feel superior but today when I do things um it's really to be of service. It's because um, because I'm having a spiritual experience, and um, you know, and and I can have, practice self sacrifice, not just in the steps of these programs, not just in the fellowship of these programs, but everywhere. You know, it means like when I'm waiting on a line in the checkout, you know, and somebody's there with the baby and their baby's acting acting up, smile at them. Maybe let them go in front of you. Offer your seat to somebody. There's a million ways to self-sacrifice. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Penny C., it's your turn, followed by Leslie W. Good morning. Thank you, Maura, for leading the meeting this morning. I'm Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. This paragraph I relate to so, so well, and it's 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 wonderful that you know I, I I point out to people that I work with how important it is to be able to identify with what's in this book. We may not identify with every single little fact in here, but it, it's it's wonderful when we do and we see how this program can help us because this paragraph. You know, I I did belong to a religious denomination, and I did think that my education and training in in religious things was superior, so that when I came, I did wonder. I did wonder what the group, it wasn't an individual who who first told me about these steps and and about the the program. Um, As it were, it was like, is it God or is it God? But I just happened to be... A church that wasn't my denomination, that really was strange that I would be there um, with what, you know, times were like in those days where um, certain denominations would would not go into, even go into a church of of somebody, some other um, denomination, I'm going to use that word again. But I happened to see that there was an Old Readers Anonymous meeting there and nothing else had worked. And all I knew about OA that it was fashioned after after AA and that it wasn't going to cost me any money because at that point in time, 
I didn't even have I didn't have a dollar to drop in the basket when it went around. This is thirty years ago, and so that group started talking about spirituality, and I, for the first time in my life, I saw a banner there with the twelve steps on it, and I thought, you know. I'm not going to have any problem with this. They're not going to teach me anything about those first three steps. Don't they know what wonderful education and training I've had? But sooner or later, and and, and I guess I was just, it was time and God was on my side, God had my back, that I was able to, you know, become humble. As someone said, yes, humility is so important. And I, you know, gave up the idea that I had such a wonderful superior training in religious things and I learned what spirituality was and I, as my sister used to say, that I chased spirituality right from the beginning and I just thank God for this program, for all of you on the line this morning and all the shares so far this morning have have been um, just, just um, so wonderful and with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C. Leslie W., it's your turn. Thank you for your service. This is Leslie W., recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Admit that he probably knows more about it than you do, but call to his attention the fact that however deep his faith and knowledge, he could not have applied it or he would not drink. I came into program... um, I actually found, stumbled upon Overeaters Anonymous when I had become so disgusted with my weight after having my first child. Um, I kept gaining weight, and I couldn't understand why. I couldn't understand what was wrong with me. And I Googled weight loss support groups, and Overeaters Anonymous popped up. And I walked into my first Overeaters Anonymous and saw the, saw the steps on the wall. And uh, I had around 12-step programs, um, even though I come from a long line of compulsive overeaters, I grew up in a really small town. There was nothing, anything in South Georgia, and there was nothing, anything, nothing like that there. Um, and uh, so I, I, I really did, did have a lot of um, prejudice coming in because, um, but I, I was desperate. You know, I could not, I did have a faith. Um, I believed, you know, in, in God. Uh, however, I could not seem to apply that belief um, and that faith to my eating problem. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for God to remove this, this problem. You know, take it away from me, God, please. Um, but it never happened, and, and I couldn't understand why. And when I came in, I was angry. I was angry because I felt like the church had failed me. And I think this is really important to talk about because I was brought up to believe that there's nothing God can't do, right? I mean, I, I grew up in a Baptist church, um, a Christian faith, and, and I was always taught that, that God is all-powerful and, and there's nothing you know, he is the highest power, and there's nothing that nothing he cannot do. Well, well, if there's nothing he cannot do, then why didn't he lift this from me? What's the matter with you, God? And and I would have done anything to have found the solution within the walls of my church. 
But there was no recovery program in, in, in church for people who ate too much. Drug addicts and you know, alcoholics, maybe. But, but nothing for me. And, and so when I walked into Overeaters Anonymous, and I found that, found that I could be um, transparent, I could be accepted for who I was, it didn't matter what I did or what I believed or what I didn't believe. It didn't matter my status. Those, those people never, thank you, Maura. Nobody ever wanted anything but from me but to love me and accept me. And that's how I found God again. I passed. Thank you, Leslie W. We have time for a two-minute share. Who would like that? Laura H. Laura H., it's yours. Hi, everyone. This is Laura H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater out of Chicago, working with others, bringing forth the message. It is a big responsibility, and I didn't want to do it. So I'm very grateful that I do it as best I could with God in the driver's seat. And uh, this morning I was on with a sponsee at 5 a.m., and I told her, and I think it's been mentioned on the line, thank you for your 5 a.m. call. You keep me sober. You know, it's not a matter of, you know, I don't know how to do it. I'm not going to be good at it. It's a matter of if you want your recovery, you have to go to all of these things. You have to come to God, and you have to be willing. And, um, you know, I have a full-time job and six sponsees, and it's the greatest gift ever. And it is work. Um, so I'm very grateful to be on these lines. Grateful to all of you. Have a great day. Thanks. You have a minute plus left, but thank you very much, Laura H. Um, is there someone who would like to share for a minute? Okay. Hi, my name is Janine W. Somebody W. Please go I'm ahead. I'm sorry. Janine, Janine R. Sorry about that. Janine um, you know, R. Good morning. Uh, This is Janine R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in North Carolina. And just a quick share, um, I was one of those two who had a lot of uh, religious belief, um, did a lot of praying, asking God to remove my food addiction, couldn't understand why he wouldn't do it, um, and found, found this program and found refound God again in the steps and um and in surrender and working this program and I'm so grateful to all you guys and to this program. It's just incredible. And then in working with others I was also one of those who was absolutely terrified to begin the twelfth step, thought, how in the world am I gonna do this twelfth step work? I mean, I'm just like, I don't have anything to give. And then I realized I do. I, what, I, what I do have to give is what was given to me, is lead um, just to guide someone through the steps as I was guided through the steps. And it is such a privilege, and it is really what keeps me in this program abstinent. Time. Hello, and thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to share. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Janine. It is 
11.55 and time to close this meeting. <clears throat> Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this meeting, Wednesday, September 6th, 7 a.m., is 10395. 10395. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. And will Stacy C. please read? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Stacy C. in Louisiana, Compulsive Overeater. Page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answer will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.